0: Welcome back to But Why the Podcast, and today we have a special interview for you from the Austin Film Festival. I got a chance to sit down with the writer and director of the Netflix original Rattlesnake, Zach Kilditch. Enjoy the show, and make sure you add it to your Netflix queue. Thank you so much, Zach, for uh, talking with me today. I it got works. to see Rattlesnake yesterday oh, cool. um, and it's actually my favorite of the Netflix and Chills lineup that have come out. Oh, so nice. um, so I have to ask what kind of went into um, directing this type of film because there's a lot of playing with visions and reality and what is real and what isn't. Um, how did you kind of approach that to like delineate which is which?
1: um well i just played everything from um the main character played by Carmen nojogo um <clears throat> sort of played everything for real through her headspace because the whole movie we're locked in her head yeah. and um therefore anything she's seen or anything she's experiencing is something that we're visually then getting you know um ourselves and um just playing all of those things for real uh, and like wherever wherever we could um and then i think that you through that language you then sort of figure out exactly where the nice little niches are to like really you know put your foot down on like pushing those supernatural elements a bit further or like backing them off but um but ultimately whatever she's experiencing we're seeing. so i just love movies that put you in a character's shoes and uh yeah, and I think you just have a great of experience when you're um when you're locked in that situation.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a scene towards the end where it's in uh in, in kind of like in the mountains, like this little cavernous area, and it's really claustrophobic. Um, and we're really in her headspace. Was that hard to shoot? Like, yeah,
1: <laughs> it was really hard. Like, it was so remote. Um, that was a area of um. Uh, New Mexico called uh I think it was called Plaza Blanca and uh, yeah it's really remote to get to so even doing a tech scout there with the bus like you could only take the bus so far and everyone <laughs> had to get off and go on foot on this hike and so it was like bare bones out there to get to get those um to get those scenes done um but it was just such a beautiful um spot as well like when I first saw it because I when I wrote it it was always supposed to be these kind of twisting labyrinth canyons yeah. And so when we found them, I was just so happy because we were sort of running out of options. And then we heard about how remote this place was, but we just had to see it. And when I saw it, everything just sort of uh, only <laughs> needed the tiniest tweak uh, from a script level to yeah. fit the physical location that we were now looking at. But it was just stunning. And it was like being on another planet. Like, just, it was otherworldly. Yeah,
0: there's something really fantastical about that moment.
1: Like yeah, it it's just is. crazy. It's almost like a temple, you know? There's, yeah. a, there's like a real temple vibe to it. Um almost like this like yeah, in, in terms of like the sort of curse and the sort of um, mythology running throughout the film, like it sort of ties in nicely in a weird way to this like, yeah, this this other time almost.
0: Um, so one of the things that, uh, really struck me about Katrina as a character is that a lot of times when you kind of, uh, see movies like this, there are people who like, okay, I have to do what I have to do, but they're okay with resigning themselves to it. And Katrina consistently struggles with, even when she thinks she's made her mind up, she like stops herself. Like what went into like choosing to write a character that way that is all honesty extremely likable and really real
1: yeah i just wanted it to be as complex as possible and because it was real like like we can all fantasize about how easy it would be to kill someone <laughs> but when it really comes to it like i i don't i'd imagine it isn't that easy you know and um and she really really struggles with it even when she has like her opportunities to make to make it all go away like she has to get that nerve and um you know I just also liked doubting in a World where, um, you know, other films like this probably would have had have, like, one up, you know, yeah. the entity that's causing this to happen and figure out how to not have to kill someone. Yeah. Well, I'm not interested in those sort of movies. I, I think it's much more compelling to she just has to get out of this situation. And even when she sort of figures, figures out enough about what's happening to her, she's like, but I still have to do this because it's the only way I'm going to get um, my daughter back. And um, from that moment forward, like it's just you know, it's it's balls to the wall. Yeah, <laughs> just, her time is running out, and and like watching her have to commit to the to the decision rather than get out of the out of the situation she's in, I think is just uh, far more psychologically interesting and um, complex.
0: And there was a, a lot of elements when when you bring in kind of like the specters of people who have uh, who have died before because of this curse. Um, there they haunt her and some of them seem to be pushing her, but some of them just seem to be there. Like what was the choice to kind of like not make them so much like the exposition characters, um, but more of, you know, just putting us in her head. Like, What made you decide that instead of going into like so much exposition?
1: Yeah. I mean, we were sort of referred to them as the debt collectors um, (laughs) when we were making the movie, the sort of the ghost of Christmas past. that keep appearing and reminding her that she's got a job to do. And each one of them, sort of has a very subtly different purpose on her journey, like the little boy.
0: That one terrified me. Hey, tick, tick, (laughs) you know, TikTok
1: time's running away. And, you you know, the the sort of lawyer character is there to tell her about the rules of the world. And so they've all got these very specifically different... uh, agendas given where we are with Katrina's journey at any given time in the movie. and um yeah like when I was uh, originally writing it, like I was intending it to always be the woman from the trailer that uh, keeps appearing. Yeah. but then when I got to the hospital scene like the second time that she gets visited, I just realized this could be so much more unique and interesting if like if this is a curse and it's in in this town like well, what about the other victims? and I thought, yeah. wow, that could be a really interesting way to sort of tap into. The larger than life, the again, the otherworldliness, the things she'll never really know, but just giving the audience enough of a hint uh, about just how widespread this thing is in this town and how long it's been going for. And by doing that with the former victims, um, which her daughter would have become yet another uh, one if she didn't succeed, um, yeah, was a a really fun way to explore that.
0: Yeah, because one of the things that I thought was super interesting was we never really learn about the other people who were put in Katrina's place. We just see the victims. We Mm -hmm. don't see that other piece. Was there, was that choice to just center Katrina in this as like her own curse or, um, what was the thought behind that?
1: Yeah. Well, I just thought that, um, again, in this sort of genre, how can I bring like the otherworldly spirits back? And so they always had to be the victims, not the perpetrators. Um, but then I really liked in the sort of, uh, scene where there's a bit of video where she actually gets to see one of the people that was in her in her shoes the school teacher who who did what he had to do um but yeah it was always a conscious decision to make these people um ghosts and um and so that tied in nicely to the fact well they absolutely had to be the poor the poor bystanders who were just randomly chosen (laughs) because people were in a were in a tight spot
0: and when it came to the horror elements of the film they kind of uh, I mean, obviously, psychological horror is, is throughout, but when you look at more of, like, the bodily things, um, specifically the hiker in the canyon, which all of a sudden her body just twists, what were the choices to remain, honestly, kind of subtle in those moments? And, and you really let the psychology be the star of the horror. Um, what, what were the choices to keep it from going, like, full-body horror with, with these victims?
1: Yeah, I consciously didn't want it to ever go too far yeah. into, like, you know, having some sort of, like, crazy goofy kills or anything yeah i wanted the the horror of it all to be real and to be very unsettling and and again to give you just enough of a clue as to how these people you know found their end yeah. um and the hiker was a great one because like we sort of tied that in you know, never fully explaining what happened to her, but her neck clearly got fucked up. So yeah. someone's either, <laughs> someone either pushed her down a canyon or they've strangled her, or both, or some. She's met some really bad end on this happy-go-lucky hike. <laughs> this Australian hiker decided to have this day in Texas, but um, yeah, I always wanted them to be just like sinister without pushing pushing it too far because I feel like if we had have es- kept escalating that, it would have been yeah. just a bit bit too much. Given that the true horror awaits in the reality of Katrina's decision at the very end of the movie like that's i wanted that one to not not be too overshadowed by um i wanted that to feel very real and very honest and uh, i think if we had been if it had been overshadowed by some of the other elements yeah. maybe it wouldn't have been as effective
0: yeah um, so what were some of your inspirations like when writing this? Did you look to any other materials or anything like that to kind of like get a feel for the the supernatural and, and the curse?
1: Yeah, I mean, Stephen King's DNA is running all throughout <laughs> this movie. Like my best pitch for it is basically it, based on a Stephen King novel that Stephen King never wrote. <laughs> and that was sort of the vibe I was going into it with after uh, my previous film, which was a Stephen King um, adaptation, 1922. I was in that sort of King zone of just like, really loving his writing and um how he just burrows under the skin of his characters and and this really to me is like uh you know very much inspired by king it's inspired by the twilight zone like i really loved the early early original twilight zones um as a kid and uh and even now like they still hold up you know oh yeah ordinary people caught in extraordinary situations that's sort of um stuff i really like exploring
0: and when it comes to cast like there's there i mean it's it's a in my review is it like it's, it's a large cast but it's very much a, a focused cast like katrina is the star of everything how was it um kind of directing carmen and stuff in, oh, in that it was area
1: so easy because she's so talented she's so amazing you know she's in every scene this is her movie and um yeah she just really got the material from the first time she read it um we clicked like immediately, you know, we'd never met each other before, but then we very quickly had to form a relationship. Um, and, um, yeah, it was just, uh, it was just a, such a treat working with her because we could try things out. You know, she had such interesting ideas, you know, we knew when to trust the script. We knew when to sort of throw it away and try something else. Like it was just so easy with her. And, um, and, you know, I look back and just can't imagine another actress, you know, pulling off this role. Like she just fully committed 110%.
0: Awesome. Well, what, when it comes to like, um, cause it just came on Netflix today. Mm-hmm. Um, as people are watching this, what are some of the things that you want your viewers to feel when, when they watch it?
1: Uh, unsettled, <laughs> uh, <laughs> terrified in spots. Um, but mostly just to be in her shoes and this moral quandary, this moral dilemma, you know, and, and to really think, you know, like what would I do in, in that scenario? And, um, and even more so than that question, it's almost like you know uh, how <laughs> like yeah. not so much the the like would like would you like it's, it's the how how would you possibly go about this if you knew there was no no way out like like so who would you choose and I think that's that's quite an interesting dark question <laughs> and, yeah um, and just following a character really go through that like you know and the decision she makes about how it might be uh, an, an easier option only to realize that she's going to yeah. have to go the hard way if she's you know gonna gonna figure it out so yeah that was sort of
0: it (laughs) awesome yeah i mean because i i I honestly really appreciate it because the moment she picked the guy that she was going to i was like oh he's a bad guy this is this is you know this is i know what's gonna happen she's gonna easily kill him and this is gonna happen and then it it switches and it's never easy um and I, i it's something that can like really easily get away from you um, how did you kind of use the the interaction between Carmen and, you know, her potential victim, um, who's also a, a really great actor mm. um, in those scenes, like how did you kind of like Build tension between them, like script-wise, to to keep us guessing. Because I was not sure what was going to happen after after they left the house. Yeah, like <laughs> it was really interesting
1: when the trailer came out a few weeks ago. Because people just love love winning. Like yes. they love going. Oh, I know what happens. At the end. <laughs> like this, she's clearly going to do this, or she's going to do that, and none of them. Actually works. Yeah. <laughs> like if you watch the movie, it zigs and then it zags and then it zigs and then it zags again and then you think it's going to do the thing you always thought it was going to do and then it doesn't. Yeah. And then it actually <laughs> ends up doing something quite, I think, very honest yeah. and, and real and gritty and um and that's what I really love about the ending. Um, again, like another movie like this would have her outwit the exactly. entity, but I think yeah, it's just far more compelling to watch someone yeah. just do it within the constraints <laughs> that they're given. And then be changed forever as a result.
0: And Um, was it hard to kind of like write against tropes and like actively subvert things? Because I I feel like when it comes to storytelling and like it's easy to fall into those things. Like was it something that you had to like actively push against and like look at your script and be like, okay, wait, this actually goes too far to this trope time to zag.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've watched so many films like like this that dabble in this sort of genre and you know I mean everything's being done (laughs) so to to make something new out of all of the tropes all of the stories that have been told all the ones that have worked all the ones that that haven't where do you find that niche for yourself if you're trying to pull off one of these kind of films and for me it was always just staying true to almost like a first person shooter again yeah (laughs) the biggest rule in this movie is okay we're gonna always be with Katrina you know then we can get into the psychology and anything that comes from there just has to be grounded in a level of reality because the situation is so heightened yeah. that the, 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 more compelling way to watch the, just to create the story was that like she needed to be making real world decisions in a real world that just so happens to have this heightened element over the top of it. Yeah. And that, and that nice conundrum, that nice juxtaposition, um, just sort of creates a, a weird tension, I feel. And, um, and yeah, just really let me play around with like, is this in her head? Isn't it in her head? And then, um, and again, like zigging when we should be zagging, like just really trying to subvert like moments, especially in the third act that, um, you know, you feel it's going down a path only to be surprised. And, and then that cat and mouse element as well out in the canyon. Yeah. It, uh, it was actually fun, like just doing everything I could to make sure it wasn't going yeah. to do the conventional thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I enjoyed it a whole bunch. Like I said, it's my favorite of the Netflix and Chills lineup this nice. this year. Awesome. Um Uh, And and what's next for you, Uh, directing-wise, writing-wise?
1: Yeah, I've just got my fingers in a bunch of pies at the moment. Hopefully (laughs) that one of them cooks and uh, (laughs) and can can be edible. Um, But, uh, yeah, I'm just sort of doing another film that's sort of, again, that – intimate uh, character study that's based against based in a big genre world yeah that again subverts things that you potentially have seen before with the kind of those kind of films and yeah that's just sort of the, the, the sort of lane that I'm in, in right now as a as a writer director um so yeah hopefully hopefully there's another film uh, film out soon
0: yeah <laughs>